conversation with his disciples, and it's pretty incredible. Um, he's been their rabbi, teacher, trainer, instructor for three plus years. I mean, he's, he's taught some revolutionary things. And you think, as he's about to go to the cross, the reason he was born, what new thing is he going to teach us? And what you find is he doesn't really give something new that he hasn't already unpacked. He gives them a sober, alarming command. It's found in Matthew 24. Read this with me. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what your day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. Oh, say that again. He would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. We've been on a, in a series, and it's going to be an epic series. It already has been so rich. The altar has just been, it's just been crazy. 2020 has been such a wonderful year so far. We're continuing in our conversation about what does it mean to be a people of prayer in God's presence. We're continuing. I can't change the dial, or you might zap me. So what's the end of the world got to do with prayer? Oh. What's staying awake have to do with prayer and building an altar, becoming a person both personally and corporately that lives a lifestyle of awakeness? Look it up, and it's not a word, but alert. And here Jesus, as he's already predicted his own death on three different occasions, he doesn't necessarily offer something new as much as keep awake, be ready, or as the young ones say today, stay woke. Just trying to relate to the young people in the audience, yo. And profoundly, this strong warning that Jesus gives his disciples just before the cross will immediately be tested. It's so profound that Jesus, when he's about ready to go to the cross, accomplish the purpose for which he's sent, he doesn't give them directions. He doesn't say, hey, go call a board meeting to talk about strategy when I'm gone. Don't form a budget committee to talk about funding for the future ministry of the kingdom or hire a public relations expert so that we can figure out our brand and market share. He just comes right into the middle of the thing and says, stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. We see in just a chapter and a half later, Jesus is in a garden in prayer, the garden of Gethsemane, that oil press, that, that place of pressing. Jesus went with his disciples and he said to the, the nine, sit here. But then he, got, he called Peter, James, and John, his special three, to come a little closer. Come on, who wants to be in his special three? All those people, they can sit over there, but you get to come right near what I'm, out, what I'm about to do. And he calls Peter, James, and John, and the Bible says that his soul was overwhelmed, despairing even life itself to the point of death. How many have experienced that kind of sorrow, that kind of heartache? Many of you in this room. 
just overwhelmed. This is Jesus. And Jesus says, come a little further with me. And verse 39 says, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, not, not as I will, but as you will. And then he returned to his disciples and found them How many are thankful Jesus isn't shy of repeating himself? Chapter and a half, chapter and a half earlier, stay alert, stay awake. Chapter and a half later, right before he's arrested to go to the cross, what are they all doing? Do that with me. My father, if it's possible, let the cup be taken from me, the cup of your fury and your wrath and judgment against sin and the suffering that I'm about to endure. I'm despairing to the point of life itself. At this point, the human Jesus, who's both fully human, fully divine, he knows what it is to rest in his father, but he's looking for people to rest with him in that place of trial. And he finds them again. Couldn't you guys just stay awake for one hour? Watch and pray. So you will not fall into temptation. Oh my goodness. He went away a second time and then a third time and he just kept coming back and what were they doing? Talk about a massive failure. And frankly, I'm actually thankful this stories in the Bible, aren't you? Who's ever fallen asleep on the job? When Jesus said to do something, you thought you heard him right, but then you went out the door, and you're like, oh, what, what did he say? How does that apply? How should I act? What should I hope in? You're in good company. I'm so thankful for this story, not because I celebrate their failure, but because it gives me a lens through which to more identify my own. You see, I've fallen asleep. How about you? I've fallen asleep. I haven't stayed woke. What we find in this story is that good intentions, zealous passion, big, humongous promises are no match for weariness. All the disciples said, Jesus, Jesus, first of all, says that he's going to be struck as their shepherd. They're all going to bail. And all of them, Peter's just the spokesperson. How many know Peter gets a bad rap? And probably rightfully so. But they all said, look at that in verse 35. All of the disciples said the same thing. We'll, we'll never disown you. We're going to stay awake. How many have ever known that place where you had such good intentions But then when the hour struck, your intentions fizzled away and you were found sleeping. I have. They all said, Jesus, no way. Yeah, they're going to strike you. There's no way we're going to abandon you. We're going to stay woke. We're going to stay awake. They're sleeping. Do you think there's a correlation between staying awake in the place of prayer 
and what all of them will soon do in just a few hours, deny that they even know him. You think there's a correlation between staying awake in prayer and being alive to the purposes and plans of God right before our eyes. We stay awake and alert that we can be present to his plans and his purposes. There is always a correlation, say that with me, always a correlation between staying awake and alert and a lifestyle of prayer. I love what he told Peter. Peter, the spirit is willing. How many are thankful that part of the beauty of the work of Jesus, he gives us a willing spirit? Amen. Amen. He puts that yes in our hearts. But then he says this, but the flesh is weak. Who's ever known the weakness of your flesh? I had these intentions. I'm, I'm passionate, Jesus, but then my flesh was weak. I listened to the growl of my belly more than the heart cry of the Savior. Am I the only one here that's ever, that's ever known the strength of the Spirit but the weakness of my flesh? All the good intentions, huge claims, will never substitute. I'm going to say that very clearly will never substitute for living that life of being awake in the place of prayer. Never. We cannot afford, read this with me, we cannot afford to fall asleep in the place of prayer. My hope over these three or four months and then from then on till forever is that you and I, when we hear prayer, we don't think, oh, those are for those people. My prayer has been all of 2020 and beyond that we would begin to see the beauty, the glory of being invited to stay awake in the place of prayer with Jesus. That it'd be like the coolest thing, way the coolest thing. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. He looked at the weakness of his flesh, even the weakness of his motions, said, Father, you are a greater reality than what I see, think, or feel. How many know that can be a battle sometimes? Or is it a one and done? If Jesus has to pray three times, how about you and I? Not what I will, Father, but what you want. And I want you to know, friends, the good news today is that Jesus has made a way because he stayed awake. He's made a way to cover, to cleanse our failures and empower us to stay awake at the hour of great need. We have to ask ourselves, what are those things that cause us to grow sleepy, tired, or just dull? This morning, my throat was itchy, got up super early, had a beautiful time with the Lord, but my throat was just itching. I kept coughing, so I took a, which I thought would have been less powerful than adult version, I took a little kid's Benadryl, and I think pound for pound, it, has, it was more powerful than a 10 milligram, uh, whatever that uh, anti-allergy thing is. And so I find myself zealous in the secret place and just praying about this morning, but all of a sudden the effect of what I took started making me weary. Come on, someone. There's a correlation between what you ingest and the alertness and awakeness of your spirit. How many know what you take in 
What you put in has a direct correlation with your alertness to God's activity in and around you. And no, I did not take that pill this morning so I would have an example to share. (laughs) About half hour in, my throat stopped itching, but I was like, darn it. Stay awake. You're preaching on staying awake. Come on, Chad. And even though Peter, brother Peter fell asleep and so did all of his brothers and brother Peter denied Jesus and so did all of his brothers, Peter, because he didn't run and try to fix his failures after he denied Jesus and Jesus called him out, he runs to Jesus. Peter would then by the power of the Holy Spirit become this unbelievably articulate, profound apostle of prayer. Come on, someone needs to hear that today. All of us start in the realm of prayer sleepy. So just take a deep breath and go, oh, I'm not the only one. Come on, say that with me. I'm not the only one. When it comes to prayer, and we've been describing prayer as simply relating to God. Say it with me. Prayer is relating to God. It's speaking to Him. It's listening to Him. It's grounded in His Word. It's best done with others. So you can learn how to relate to God with others around you. We need help. Am I the only one? What's so powerful is that Peter's story didn't stop at the place of his failure. Come on. Just because you fell asleep once doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't stay awake to what God's doing. It's so cool. It's not how you start. It's that you start. Where do I start? It's that you start. What do I fail? What if I'm inconsistent? What if I don't really know how to do what to say? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Open his word. Amen. Your failure is not the end. If Jesus is continually brought into the equation. With him, there's always a way. There's always a door into staying awake and alert to God's purposes. Peter has written some of the most amazing promises on prayer. And isn't it something that the guy who fell asleep in prayer has a word for us today? You know what that means? All of us in this room, when it comes to relating to God and being devoted to his word and walking out what it means to follow Jesus, no matter where we're out on the spectrum now, There is hope that there's greater reality in our walk with God tomorrow if we just keep walking. There's hope, man. Peter's already written, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God, and you also, read that with me, are like living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Peter's the one who, by the Holy Spirit, after he massively tanked in the realm of prayer and staying awake, he's the one who tells us that our prayers and sacrifices are acceptable to God through our faith and reliance upon Jesus. Come on, someone say amen. He's the one who the Holy Spirit empowers to write this letter to the church that's scattered all over the Roman world. They were forced to leave Jerusalem But he's saying, don't worry. Every time you gather, in your weakness. Oh, trust me, I know all about weakness. I've been there. I fell asleep on the job. 
But when you gather and you offer up those prayers, however weak you feel, you're praying to a really powerful God. And through Jesus Christ, he accepts your weak sacrifice and prayer. It actually moves his heart. Peter goes on. He's got unbelievable promises for the, in the realm of prayer. I just, I laughed at that when I studied for this message. The one who fell asleep becomes the one who calls people into it. Oh, it gives me hope, friends. It gives me hope. Do you have any idea how many promises I've made to God since I was 16? I, can't, I don't want to count them. And I don't want to air them out before you. Well, I promise, Lord, an hour a day. I promise I'll memorize. Them. The Lord's like, Chad, when are you going to wake up? But with him, failure doesn't have to be the end. He loves us. He loves us, friends. So Peter, he not only says, are your prayers acceptable to God? Oh my goodness. Then he gives a strategy for married couples on how to have really powerful prayers in their marriage. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Oh my goodness, Peter went there. When you, husbands, when you honor and respect your precious wives as the greatest gift outside of salvation that he's given you, again, to married people, we're going to get to the rest of us as well, so don't worry. Nothing will hinder your prayers. Oh my goodness. This is Peter telling us about prayer. Didn't he fall asleep? Exactly. There's hope today. What Peter does here is he shows us there's a correlation between... We, how we treat those we're in closest relationship and the effectiveness of our prayers. All people are created equal. All prayers are not equal. How many know God, he accepts us and I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, I'll show you that in a second. Or how about this promise of prayer? This is Brother Pete. Read this with me. For whoever would love life and see good days, stop. Who, who, who does that apply to in this room? Come on, I want to see hands. Who wants to love life and see good days? <laughs> okay, so everybody lean in, because it's not like God's like, hey, good luck with your good life, figure it out yourself. He gives us his word. Can we say amen and thanks be to God for his word? You want to love life? You want to see good days? Here it is. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil, do good. You must seek peace and pursue it. Oh, here's the promise. Brother Peter has revelation on prayer even though he fell asleep once. I love it. It's so good. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are... But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Peter, the one who fell asleep, shows us here there's a direct correlation between our speech, our path, and our pursuits, and our lifestyle. Put plainly in the simplest terms I can think of, how we live matters. How we live impacts our prayers. Do you agree? Say amen. Or no, or, or, it's not so that someday we can earn our way to God. No way. No way. No way. Come on, someone say, you can't earn your way to God. Heck No. You can't even earn your own acceptance and have a good enough merited record. No way. That's not what Chaddy's saying. 
The good news of the gospel is this. One of my favorite verses is in the whole Bible. For Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Come on, someone say amen. He brought, he, Jesus, brought us to God. So when I talk about prayer in these terms, I'm not saying do this, this, and this, and this so that you're acceptable to God. No, you have been brought to God through the work of Jesus Christ, period. Being brought near, established in his righteousness, and in right relational standing with God is a sheer and glorious gift we receive through Jesus Christ, amen. But, staying near, say staying near. Oh, come on, no one ever, we got to talk about this. Staying near, wait, who brought us near? But staying near, living out of what is true of us by faith in Christ, and learning to respond and grow in relationship, are not just guarantees that happen to us without our cooperation. If you agree, say amen. Amen. So he brings us near through the work of Jesus Christ. Oh, someone say amen. Thank you for the beautiful work of Christ. But Peter's telling us to be brought near. Now on the other end of that is to keep responding to the one who wants to keep bringing you closer. You've been brought near. All you did was trust in his work. Now the great epic adventure called staying awake is living with your own volition, choice, will, passion, mindset, focus, resolve. The one who brought me near, I want to stay as close as I can. This must be cultivated. Agree or disagree? Jesus awakens us at salvation, but then he calls us to keep awake. You got to see that. The one who, when we heard his word, John 5, 24 and 5, the Bible says when, when we hear the word, the saving word of Jesus, we are brought from death to life, glory. The word that awakens us, but then Jesus, without erasing the work that he does in us and around us and through us, he's saying, okay, now stay awake to what I awakened you in and to and for. Is this making sense? I'm just trying to be. And this, my friends, is what we partner with. It doesn't just happen to us. Come on, I'm trying to encourage some people in this room who they're like, dude, I've been in church for 25 years, but I feel no closer to God than the first day I walked in. I'm here to tell you that doesn't have to be your story any longer. If you're, if you're, wait, listen, God is the one who empowers the entire thing. Say that with me. God empowers it all. Amen. This is not just, I have to cultivate staying awake and look at all the work I'm doing. No, but he's looking for a relational response. He's looking for a reciprocation of that which he's always pulling you closer to himself. But if you'll notice, the word that says keep awake, because it wasn't received, responded to, and in that place, that battle of flesh and spirit, and I'm weary, and I'm tired, and I have all these other things on my mind. Listen, that word, though he speaks it, is looking for a heart that receives it and responds to it. This is, I don't know what else to say, but this is huge, 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 huge. It's so big. 
you say, that sounds like work. It sounds like effort. It sounds like energy. It sounds like focus. It maybe even sounds like a little discipline's required. You are absolutely correct. But I have to say this, because listen, absolutely there's work involved. The work of staying in faith, the, that cleansing, that forgiveness, that how many know it takes work to set your alarm and open this thing and let it open you? And it just does. It's not, it's not so you earn your way. It's respond to the one who just perpetually is trying to draw you in on who he is and what he's about, what he's doing. But what's the fruit of this work and effort? Everyone wants to know what's the, what's the end result, right? When you hire a personal trainer and pay obscene amounts of money, will I look like him? If you put in the work, bro. Right? How many know? It's one thing to get the shoes. I just got new running shoes this weekend. My other shoes were giving me blisters. I, I wore them out. I run, try to run three or four days a week. Man, my new shoes, how many know? But Chaddy's got to put them on, strap on his Apple Watch, and put time in. I mean, how many have, how many have like done that? Like, I prayed the prayer, but... I never put on the shoes. I never, I mean, he brought me near, but I was unaware that I'm supposed to partner with him along the entire journey to stay near, to stay awake, to stay alert, to participate in what's burning in his heart for his world, for his people. So what's the fruit? Why is it worth our work and effort? Is that a good question? I got four of you want to know. Here's the answer for you. Why would I want to respond as a lifestyle called prayer, called relationship, biting, pick your favorite word, there's a lot. Oh, I don't know, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Oh, stop. You don't even understand. Why is it worth showing up, even though I fell asleep yesterday, today's a new day. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my heart is so weighed down. I know, that's okay. Give it to Jesus. Receive his cleansing. Now stay awake today. Why? Why is that such good news? Because his eyes and his heart, his attention and attentiveness. I mean, come on. That doesn't mean God's a genie in a bottle, like, okay, do what I want. But how many want to become a church that when we, when we live that lifestyle, as weak as we are, but when we show up, we try to, we respond to his grace, we respond to the Holy Spirit's leading, but that when we open our mouth, he's like, you have my attention. Yeah. Friends, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. You and I can hold the attention of God. Yes, no, it's not working. Justin, is it not working? Is it working? Yeah. The eyes and ears of the Lord can rest upon us as a people. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's got seven. Yeah. I'm trying to provoke you in the realm of prayer. It's not something for old them or those who would have nothing else to do. I'm saying if we respond to the one who brought us near in Jesus, that that lifestyle, that intimacy, that friendship, that staying awake to who he is and what he's doing... When we do that, his eyes and his heart and his ears are open toward us. Yeah. 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 
I mean, if the Lord, look at this crazy verse in the Old Testament. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the entire earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What if when his eyes were like, oh, I'm looking for someone who's awake, but everyone's sleeping. Oh, cornerstone people! Whoa! They're awake! Everyone else is sleeping. They took their Benadryl on accident before they're preaching. They fell asleep in the garden. When the crushing came, they didn't rise to the occasion. They slept. They listened to the flesh instead of pressed in with me. But what if the Lord and His glorious eyes, His all-seeing eyes, what if when He saw a group of people, little old us, that when He saw us, He's like, boom, the place for my eyes to lock in. I mean, I mean, unless you don't want your prayers to, I mean, does this provoke anyone? It provokes me. It, bug, it bugs me. It just bugs me. I mean, the most, yeah, someone's snoring over there. Okay, wait, security. I mean, this is, the, this is probably the most number one famous, which I'll probably do a full message on it, but I'm not going to preach on it today. Probably the most famous Old Testament verse on prayer, one of them, top five. Read it with me. But look for his eyes and his heart. Notice that. Notice the eyes and heart, eyes and ears and heart. If the people who are called by my name, read with me, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Watch this. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Oh, and of course, it's Brother Peter who helps us apply that on this side of the cross. Who does Peter call the new temple that the Holy Spirit inhabits? He's saying, my eyes and my heart, my name. Friends, this stuff, we're brought near to God through Jesus, amen, by faith. But the work of staying near is work. It takes energy and focus. And, but I'm telling you, the, the rewards, the payoff far outshine the denial of your flesh so you can live a posture of yes before his presence. Far outweighs. Far, 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 far. So staying awake is, in summary, the whole message is directly related to how we live, how we steward our relationship with God and others. It all revolves and is related to the issue of prayer. Jesus said, stay awake. And now Peter is saying the same thing from experience. Is that good? Live in such a way so that you can pray. I have the most amazing kids. Sorry. <laughs> you may beg to differ. But here's the bummer in my humble 
small estimation. Many of you are like, Chad, that's great. Be alert, stay awake. Sounds like you're trying to blow some trumpet so that we, we're not taken off guard. By the way, he's coming at an unexpected hour. But it's so hard for us to hear that because we're so conditioned to believe otherwise. That all there is is what we can see, what we can download, what we have access to immediately, what I can one click and it's at my door if I'm in a large city in a few hours, one day for the rest of us, maybe two. We're hardwired conditioned when you hear this call to stay alert. I'm, I'm afraid, can you show the video? I'm afraid that most of us are only hearing this. I'm so serious. That's the cutest example I can possibly give, but that's what many of you are experiencing, even in your pew, because there's no decibel level that I could preach at. There's no thunderous anointing there, but the Lord is looking to awaken a people in this great hour. And his trumpet's not like a little Fisher Price. It's the funniest thing ever. You see this trumpet. Either you laugh or you weep, because that's what many of us treat it like. Yeah. Laughing is probably better, but there's certainly a place for weeping. But when Jesus says, stay awake, he doesn't have a Fisher-Price trumpet. See, what's so significant to me is that Jesus is on the balls of his feet. He told his disciples in that last discourse before he went to the cross that he doesn't even know when the Father's going to tap him on the shoulder. The Bible says that after he provided purification of sins, Hebrews 1 and Hebrews 10, same message. After he finished his work, he sat down. But how many know you can sit down in a posture of readiness? And I have to imagine, because if I bear his image and I'm weak and broken, but I... I'm telling you that the son is not just sitting there going, oh, dad, I sure hope that, I hope our people don't live compromised, diluted, dull, deaf lives. He's on the balls of his feet. Just, Father! Father, it's a ram's horn that would cause the foundations of cities to shake, but all they're hearing is Fisher Price. The hour is desperate. The hour is desperate. My people cannot afford to fall asleep in this moment of pressing. My people cannot afford to allow their hearts to be weighed down by the cares and the carousing of the flesh. Father, all they're hearing is a Fisher Price. But Father, you and I both know they've got to be awake to be ready for my purposes for their generation. I mean, I don't know what he's saying. I, I, that's what I... 
And all we hear is, because we're conditioned by our culture and by material, we're just conditioned to not believe. And because it's been 2,000 years since the New Testament writers talked about the last days, and we're like, oh, maybe he'll get around to it. But I'm here to tell you, the church of every generation has this same call. Be alert. Be awake. Don't sleep on your shift. Come on, somebody. Don't sleep on your shift. Listen, if the owner knew when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. And I want you to know, when is someone going to stay awake? When are our children and our children's children? And this isn't about taking something back. It's about stepping into the place that says, no, the thief cannot carry away my kids any longer. He cannot take the inheritance that belongs to the righteous. Friends, for so long, we've been asleep at the wheel and then wondered, where did our inheritance go? And the Lord's saying, it's not a Fisher Price trumpet I'm blowing. I'm raising the standard. I'm calling the church to awake to me, to my presence, to my purpose in the place of prayer. Don't let him find, don't, Lord, don't let, don't, don't, however I'm saying it right now, Lord, don't look at us and find us asleep. That's my prayer. That was corporate. Lord, don't look at me and find me asleep when you're looking for someone to tap on the shoulder and say, it's ready. I need you for this. I, I have a plan or a purpose for that, but I, I need a messenger. I need an ambassador because God has just designed the thing that everything he sets about to do, he looks for a human partner. I'm sorry. Take it up with him. It's just what he decided. And I'm here to tell you, we can adopt a thousand postures. We can have a billion activities. But the Lord's like, I'm just looking for people to join me in this place called prayer because it's from that place I'm able to lift them up and cast them anywhere. When I'm ready. When I'm ready. Like I said, these things are cultivated. Who, who agrees that these things are cultivated? I don't just... Okay, great. I'm good to go. And I'm, I'm going to cut out a bunch, Nora, so don't trip. I'll s probably save this for next week. There's good stuff there. Not going to rush, because this is the point. I think we're, this is part one of this talk. Stay awake, stay alert. And I hope by the example of Peter that you have great courage and great hope today. That the dude who fell asleep as a part of his story becomes this guy who, like I just shared in his little letter called First Peter, he has some of the greatest insights in the place of prayer. And how many would say today, Chad, I know what it is to fall asleep. I know what it is to be met by my frailty and by my failure. I know what it is to intend to do one thing but to fail and falter on the way to that intention. I want you to know today there's good news in the grace of Jesus. Amen. There's good news. Yes. Peter, the one who fell asleep, becomes the one through whom the Spirit can pen some of the most epic promises revolving around becoming people alert, awake Amen. to Jesus in the place of prayer where we just, what are you saying? What are you thinking? And you say, Chad, when are you going to get off this topic? I don't know, after Easter? I don't know. It's so, it's so important. Listen, we've tried every other strategy. Skinny jeans. 
Don't look at me. I don't have skinny jeans. Tattoos. Cool lights. Great slogan. Killer website. And by the way, I love all these things. The best generations ministry. And the Lord's like, you know where my father is. He's in the secret place. When are you going to go find out what's on his mind and heart? (laughs) Have you thought of checking in with me? I have an idea. I have an idea. And you know why that's so the least path that's been tried? Because it's a weak path. It just is. It's not pretty. To come to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I have chapters of your word memorized. I have, I've written 80, I've written a bunch of songs. I have so much, I have an intellect that you gave me. And, but Lord, I can't grow and make people love you. Do you know how weak it is to face him every morning and then all throughout my day as your pastor to say, Lord, I can't, it's a fissured trumpet when I do it. But Lord, it's weak to say I can't. But the Lord says, I value and treasure your weakness. Just keep coming to me, son. Your weakness doesn't discount you or disqualify you. It's actually what qualifies you to become an instrument that I can wield for my purposes in this great desperate hour. It's weak. It's weak. It's way more awesome to go appear to others that you're busy and you're doing a lot of great things than saying, we're building a stinking altar. Morning, noon, and night, we're going to be a people whose eyes and heart and ears, the Lord says, my ears, they're open to them. They're open to them. I can't think of a better thing that we could go after as a people. And trust me, this is, we're coming upon the fifth year and it is a year of harvest. The Father wants his house filled. You can't hear me. It's not, hey, be a person of prayer or be a person of outreach. Give me a break as if you can ever separate the two. I'm just here to tell you, you can try in the arm of flesh to reach out, be this or that. If you don't have a lifestyle where you're the funnel and furnace of his presence and where you're able to get his heartbeat. And when in your weariness, you don't just mid more, more, more. You stay and you wait and you let him fill you for fresh power and anointing so you're actually effective when you go out. It's never, it's never one or the other. Give me a break. What we're contending for is that when God does bring in the harvest, when God does bring in the refuge community, when God does bring in the bound or the broken or the poor, that when they come, they don't just come and leave with their same situation, their same problems, their same sins and snares and struggles. Our dream is because of the open heart, eyes, and ears of God over this place is when they come in they, this one way, they leave a whole new way. That's what we're doing. We want to build an altar. We want to become a place of his presence. Morning, noon, and night. Personally and corporately as a lifestyle. So that when, God, when someone comes into the orbit or sphere of you or I. And they start telling you about their problems or about this or that. We listen because listening is the first step of love. Listening, being near, drawing near. Those are the, that's, that's love. We listen, but eventually, when they share, my dream is that every single person in this room and those watching or listening, we would know where to bring them to be exposed to the open eyes, ears, and heart of God. Where our desperate condition, our desperate need, our desperate reality, 
meets the all-sufficient, supreme, endless source who is Jesus, our King. Stay awake. Stay alert. Ah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I... I pray today that you would provoke us. I pray that we wouldn't hear the Fisher-Price trumpet, but we would hear the heart of Jesus, who is the chief intercessor. He lives to intercede and contend. That's what he's doing right now, according to your word. Jesus, I pray, as I've prayed all week, that you would awaken us to this epic reality called relationship with you, partnering in the place of prayer. And as we see you and respond to who you are in your word, you'll fill us with glory and power. And you could send us anywhere you want, here, near, or far. And your purposes could break out in and around and through us. Lord, that's my dream. That's my heart. That's my hope. So would you awaken us? Could you just pray that with me? Just say, awaken me to your purposes. I want to stay awake. I want to stay alert. And Lord, we confess that we far too easily fall asleep. Our senses are often so dulled and deafened, we can hardly hear that call. It sounds like the little kid trumpet. But Father, we are saying in 2020, we want you to establish something in us, with us, and through us that we could never accomplish in our own strength, in our own intelligence, in our own power. We want to be a part of a story that only God could write. Come on, somebody say amen. So Lord, we pray for that. We pray that you would help all of us wherever we're on the journey, whether we're sleeping right now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're the only one who is able to bring us to God. But I pray this week we would grow living near you as we are learning to respond moment by moment to your grace. I love your people. I thank you, Lord, for releasing your heart to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Stand up on your feet. I'm gonna send you out with a blessing. Just put your hands out for this blessing. You're like, Chad, when are you going to get to the practicals? Um, we will. We're going to do how-tos. I promise. I'll give you, we'll give you whatever you want. Amen? And by the way, we have practicals five times a week called the altar. Where we're modeling. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. And God's going to build more. And that's not a guilt or a shame. You're like, how do I learn? That's the point why we're building the altar. So that's the, it's like, how do I learn how to pray? Exactly. We'll show you. We'll teach you. We'll train you. Right? Like all things in the kingdom and all things in life, how many learn best by doing? All of us. No question. All of us. So just receive this blessing. Ah. Oh. For you were once darkness, 
but now you are light in the Lord. How many know that's God's work? Amen? Who brought you from darkness to light? Who brought you from death into life? Help me, Robert. Who? Jesus did. Thank you. But look what he says. Live as children of light. I brought you near. I rescued you. Now live like it. You got it? Okay, okay. Look. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out, say that with me, find out what pleases the Lord. Oh my goodness. So I'm sending you with a benediction, blessing, and an invitation. You're children of light. You're in Christ. If you're in Christ today, you're children of light. Come on, someone say amen. Amen. Now what he's saying is this, live as children of light. The fruit of darkness is obvious. Death, sadness, despair, decay, ruined. You get what I'm saying? Who knows the fruit of darkness? Now live as children of light. The fruit of light, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And as you respond to me, find out what pleases me. And I bless you this week with that simple challenge. Bible Gateway it. Google it. What pleases the Lord? Do whatever you got to do. I pray that you would go on that journey this week. God, I'm your child. I'm in the light. You rescue me. I want to find out what pleases you. And I bless you with that beautiful and simple but world-changing challenge that we would be a church that would know the answer. We know what pleases him. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing upon our people as you send us and empower us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you guys.